This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org. This is Dave Iverson. Alpha-synuclein is the sticky protein that clumps up in the brain of anyone with Parkinson's disease. While its role in disease progression is still not well understood, increasingly, scientists think deciphering how alpha-synuclein accumulates and spreads within the brain is key to deciphering the disease itself. But there's one big problem. We can't see it. Or more accurately, we can't see it until someone who has Parkinson's dies and their brain is autopsied. And that's a big problem for Parkinson's research progress. We have no direct way of measuring the presence of alpha-synuclein in the brain. We can infer the presence by measuring levels in the blood and cerebral spinal fluid, but these techniques are not well established at this point. We don't know a way of linking levels in these fluids to what the levels are in the brain. So to be able to quantify that in a more direct way would be a real advance for the field. That's Jamie Eberling, the Fox Foundation Senior Associate Director of Research Programs. Eberling and Vice President of Research Programs Mark Frazier are leading the Foundation's efforts to develop a tool to detect and measure alpha-synuclein. They just published an article on the project in the Journal of Parkinson's Disease. I spoke with them about what they're trying to accomplish and the challenges that lie ahead. So describe what it is that is now such a focus to be able to image alpha-synuclein in the brain. What is it that you're exactly trying to accomplish, and what are the challenges involved in doing that? So we're trying to develop a radioactive tracer, a radioactive PET tracer it's called, and this is really a drug with a radioactive tag that can be measured by a brain scan called positron emission tomography, or PET. And if we can make a radioactive drug that binds to alpha-synuclein, we would be able to visualize the distribution of alpha-synuclein in the brain by looking at the brain scan. And Mark Frazier, describe why this is so important in terms of what it would mean that we could detect it. Is it important in terms of a diagnostic tool, or is it also that it's something that if you can map this, as Jamie was just describing, then you're going to make that much more progress in terms of developing a drug that could stop the spread of that protein? I think it could be important for both uses and both approaches. Theoretically, hypothetically, if we were able to visualize this accumulation that occurs with diagnosis and potentially prior to diagnosis, it would assist in diagnosing Parkinson's disease for patients. But I think more tangibly and more realistically, we know that there are many drugs in development that are targeting the alpha-synuclein protein. And it would be a wonderful tool when testing new drugs in humans to see whether these drugs change the accumulation of alpha-synuclein. So one could really understand not just whether this drug 
affects Parkinson's symptoms, but really is targeting the actual accumulation of alpha-synuclein that may then change the progression of the disease. So it would be really useful as a tool in drug development with these alpha-synuclein drugs that are currently under development. And is this an example, Mark Frazier, of the Michael J. Fox Foundation sort of trying to spur not only drug development by coming up with this imaging tool and sponsoring efforts to create this imaging tool. But also at the same time, you're also involved in sponsoring some of these potential alpha-synuclein treatments, a vaccine, for example, that might deflect the way in which the protein uh, progresses. So you're kind of coming at it both ways, right? You're trying to help the drug development, but you're also trying to figure out the tool that would spur that development at the same time. That's exactly right. And increasingly, the biotech companies are saying to us, it's great to have a druggable target like alpha-synuclein, but unless we have a biomarker and a way to measure whether this potential drug is making a difference on the target, it's really going to be an uphill battle to measure these drugs in the clinic and test these clinically. And how much work is ahead on this, Jamie Everling, as far as the development of that Uh, radioactive tracer that you were describing, the technology that's involved. Describe how big a challenge uh, awaits and how you're going about trying to overcome that challenge. So the challenge should not be underestimated. This is not an easy thing to do. So we've done some screening. We do have some leads now, and there's a lot of chemistry being done to try to optimize those leads. We think that within the next couple months, we'll have some very solid leads that we can take forward so that maybe by the end of 2014, we'll have made significant advances from where we are now. Are you working then with a consortium of people? Is this something where you're putting together, you know, smart people in various places to collectively try to solve this problem? We have a consortium that consists of a contract research organization, or CRO, and two academic labs. One is at the University of Pittsburgh, led by Chet Mathis. The other is led by Bob Mack, who used to be at Washington University. He's now at University of Pennsylvania. The other thing I would add on this consortium is having the ability to share information in real time has really accelerated the process. To be able to share data and share information has influenced our understanding and accelerated the progress in developing these uh, imaging tracers. And I think another unique thing about the consortium is the chemists that are working on this were not working in the Parkinson's field before they um, were invited to join the consortium. Chet Mathis did a lot of work in the Alzheimer's field, in fact, um, invented the first radio tracer for beta amyloid, which is a protein that accumulates in Alzheimer's disease in an analogous way as as alpha-synuclein does in Parkinson's disease. So we knew he was a talented guy. He has a track record, and we wanted him involved, and I'm happy to say he wanted to join and help us. And um, Bob Mack, as well, was not involved in Parkinson's research, or at least not until very recently. And they both became interested in developing something for Parkinson's disease and hopefully, at the end of the day, um, develop something that will be very useful. And last, Mark Frazier, just a, a kind of outline of where this goes from here. I know it's always impossible to predict 
particular timelines. But is this something that you believe is achievable in the next five years? Are we talking about something shorter or longer than that? Any sense of, of how long it will be before something like this imaging tool could be created? I think it could be shorter than five years. We have, as Jamie said, some promising chemicals that we think may be useful. And I would say having something in uh, human testing in the next two to three years is realistic. It's ambitious, but I think it's realistic and we could get there. Well, Jamie Eberling and Mark Fraser, thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. The article about the imaging project was co-authored by Jamie Eberling and Mark Fraser, along with the foundation's Kuldip Dave. It's published in the latest issue of the Journal of Parkinson's Disease. And you can also learn more about both imaging and the role of alpha-synuclein in Parkinson's disease at michaeljfox.org. I'm Dave Iverson. This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org.